listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. We are wrapping up the week here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via the contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Uh uh, don't touch that dial. There's excitement galore coming up in the next hour when you'll hear... Well, during another exciting episode of Chicken Man... He's everywhere! He's everywhere! The most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. It's Friday, and we hope to save the secret word on You Bet Your Life. This episode originally aired on February 14th, 1951... And George, what is the secret word? Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is sky. S-K-Y. Really? You bet your life. For more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers of America present the best of Groucho. Yes, friends, it's a Groucho summertime. By popular demand from your letters, from rating histories, and the acclaim of critics, the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers bring you selected shows from You Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. Groucho Marx is on vacation, friends, and will return in the fall. Until then, it's fun and laughs each week this summer as we proudly present some of the best of Groucho's past shows. And here he is... The one, the only... Groucho! That's me, Groucho Marx. <laughs> Thank you. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples. Bannerman, who's placed to try for the $2,000? Well, we invited some beekeepers and some uh, girls who arrange weddings to the program tonight. And just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Miss Myrna Cole and Mr. Herbert Hunt. And here they are. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome for the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers. And you say the secret word and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. A beekeeper and a wedding arranger, eh? Mr. Herbert Hunt, uh, you keep bees? Yes. I see. Uh, where are you from? Honeylulu? Uh... No, I'm from Utah, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake, huh? Now, uh... Myna Cole, my sweet man is calling me. What's your What's your hometown, uh, Myna? Uh, Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. That's How right. are the Billings in that town? Oh, just fine. <laughs> well, give them my regards when you see them, eh? Now, you're the, you're the wedding director? That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, any married woman can claim that title. Uh, <laughs> what sort of work uh, does your husband do? I'm not married. <laughs> now you're talking, huh? <laughs> You mean you don't patronize your own business? Oh, I'm all for it. I'm well, doing engaged. prohibition, bootleggers never drank their own stuff, you know. 
You're all for your approval of it, though. Oh, I think it's wonderful. I really uh, do. How come you direct weddings and yet you're still single? Uh, don't you believe in marriage? Oh, yes. And I plan on getting married real soon. You do, huh? Yes. Well, that takes care of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about bees, Mr. Hunt. Uh, how many do you have? Oh, I have about 800 colonies. 800 colonies? Yeah. George Washington only had 13 colonies, and he was the father of our country. <laughs> Now, just uh, what is a colony, Mr. Hush? Oh, a colony is a swarm of bees in a hive. Oh, then actually you have the hives, is that it? Uh... Well, not lately. <laughs> well, do you scratch for a living now that you have the hives? No. How many, uh, how many bees are there in a colony? Look how she looks at me. She's fascinated by me. <laughs> or is that revulsion? <laughs> Fascinating. Thanks for lying, anyhow. How many bees are there in a colony, Mr. Hunt? About 15 pounds. Fifth, and uh, how many uh, bees are there in 15 pounds? Uh, about 75,000 bees, about 5,000 to the pound. Uh, how do you know? Did you, did you ever count them? Oh, no. I see. Well, how many bees do you think there are in 15 pounds of bees? I have no idea. You have no idea? No huh? idea. I'm surprised you don't know. As a wedding director, I would assume you know all about the birds and the bees. <laughs> Now, uh, Miss Cole, where do you direct your weddings? Forest Lawn Memorial Park. <laughs> no wonder she was scrutinizing me so closely. Right? <laughs> and I, I thought it was love. Huh? That's a cemetery, isn't it? Yes. However, we have uh, weddings there also. Mm -hmm. Specifically, uh, what is your job, Ma'am Maynard? We uh, counsel uh, uh, brides and grooms and help them in any way that we can. And uh, we give them rehearsals and, and instructions and help them to make their wedding just as lovely as possible. You rehearse them, you say? That's right. <laughs> I noticed the word heist is in there. I... <laughs> well, let's get back to your bees, which is a natural sequence from uh, ma marriage. How does a bee go about getting the honey? Well, she flies out in the sunshine uh, when the flowers are producing nectar, gathers the nectar, flies back to the hive, uh, transfers it to a young bee that's about four days old. And this young bee... Well, well, now, wait a minute. How do they know the bee is four days old? Has it got a calendar on its tail or something? Uh, they don't... That is not known except by the bees. <laughs> See, and they're not talking, huh? <laughs> All right, now, are bees alike? Don't they have kings and queens and dukes, etc.? Oh, no. They have workers, drones, and a queen bee. Mm -hmm. They have to have a queen. Huh? Is, she, is she the boss? No. She just lays the eggs. Uh, just sits there on her hives all day, huh? <laughs> and she does nothing but lay eggs, huh? That's all. And you think that's nothing, eh? Have you ever tried to lay an egg? No. <laughs> now, how about the drones? What do they do? The drones are the fathers in the hive. Well, you're talking. The old man just sits around in slippers all day and lets the little woman do the work. Is that it? But it, it doesn't live long. <laughs> Maybe not, but he has a great time while it lasts. <laughs> Vigil la that's all I can say. <laughs> Well, you're a very interesting couple, and if I have a choice between matrimony and beekeeping, I'll take the hives. <laughs> now, in just a minute, you're going to play your bet your life for a chance at $2,000. First, here's something important to you. 
Friends, your DeSoto Plymouth dealer wants you to take the wheel of the mighty DeSoto Fire Dome 8 or the DeSoto Powermaster 6. He invites you to take the five-mile trial so you can judge for yourself the new power of the Fire Dome 8 under all road conditions. Here's what you'll discover. The DeSoto 160-horsepower Fire Dome V8 engine means more driving pleasure, quicker response, greater acceleration, easier hill climbing, and the ability to pass safely on the highway. It means more driving economy, more power from every drop of gas, and on regular gasoline. Also in the five-mile trial, you'll have the chance to try DeSoto full power steering, the sensational development that lets you turn the wheel as easily as you dial a phone. Ask your DeSoto Plymouth dealer to let you take the five-mile trial in the new DeSoto 160-horsepower Fire Dome 8 or the handsome Powermaster 6. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth, the low-priced car most like high-priced cars. George, would you mind explaining the rules of the game? Of course. Because I don't understand them. <laughs> well, each of our three couples has $20, and they bet as much of that 20 as they want on each of four questions, and the couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question at the end of the show. Here we go. Let's see how high I can bet you $20. You selected modes of transportation. How much are you going to bet on your first question? 16. 16, okay. 16, Is that okay? Okay. 16? Okay, here we are. Early settlers from the east crossed the plains and deserts and route to the west in an oxen-drawn wagon. What was it called? Covered wagon. Covered wagon is right. Now you folks are on your way, too. You have $36. I once had a covered wagon. I had an automobile with three mortgages on it. <laughs> Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. Now, how much of the $32 will you bet 36. on your second? $36. You're a perfect 36 How much are you going 32. to bet on your second question? 32 all right, what's the boat called that conveys passengers across a river? Ferry. The ferry is right. <laughs> you people are really climbing. You have $68. How much are you betting? Fifty. $50? $50. $50. What is the electric railway under the streets of a city called? Subway. Subway is right. You have climbed to $118. Got $118. Here's your last chance to be the other couples. How much are you going to bet? Shoot the work. Okay. Okay. Here we go. What's the name of the sealskin boat that Eskimos use? Kayak. Kayak is right. And you wind up with a grand total of $236. Uh, Groucho, the secret word... Is still the same. It's sky. Uh, just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected a nurseryman and a housewife, and here they come. Folks, come on over here and meet Groucho Marx, Mrs. Mary Duffy, and Mr. Robert Stansfield. Welcome to your bet your life. And if you say the secret word, you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Uh, Mary Duffy, you're the housewife. Where, where are you from? I'm from Alford, Iowa. Alford, Iowa. Where is that near? It's in Iowa, near oh. Minnesota and South Dakota, near the... Uh, it's in yeah. Iowa, but it's near Minnesota? It's right near the South Dakota-Minnesota line. Oh, well, you've got to be fairly well confused, Mary. <laughs> Your name is Robert Stansfield? That's right. And you're the nursery man, eh? That's correct. Aren't you pretty old to be in a nursery? <laughs> <laughs> Which one are you from, uh, Bob? Uh, from uh, Paul J. Howard, California, Flowerland. Oh, and uh, what is your hometown? Uh, Tumbridge Wells. 
Uh, that's in Kent, England. Oh, you come from England, huh? Mm-hmm. And you were transplanted to California, is that right? <laughs> that's right, yes. I'm surprised you don't have more of a pot. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you married? Yes, two children. How did you meet your wife? Well, uh, it was during the war. I was in the British Navy. and uh, How were you, a sailor? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm pretty shrewd, eh? How'd you meet your wife? Well, uh, while in San Francisco, I went to a United Services club, and uh, she was a hostess there. You said you were in the British Navy? And what mm-hmm. were you doing in San Francisco? Well, we pulled in there for a little vacation. Oh, and you met your wife there? Yes. How did you meet your husband, uh, Mrs. Uh, Duffy? I met him in Sicily, Iowa, in the stockyards. What was he doing, throwing the ball down there? What was he doing uh, in the stockyards? Well, he was working there. At what? Uh, well, his job was to uh, uh, sort out the cows as he came into the yards. He'd put the old cows in one pen and the young cows in another pen. He was sorting out the old cows and the young cows, and that's how he met you? Sure. He's standing there waiting for some cows to come in, and I come along. (laughs) And you gave him a bum stare, I suppose, at the beginning. Well, what happened? I was uh, walking along uh, along the fence uh, on some grass, and and. uh, what, were you I, grazing? I, just, I was. I guess I was gawking around to try and see everything, and and um, I was looking around. So I stepped into a mud puddle, and I practically fell at his feet. I slipped in the mud and and fell right in front of him. And he looked down and he said, "Well, you're the clumsiest cow I ever saw." He was always. He always had a flair for romance. That's funny. <laughs> Well, let's talk about nurseries. For example, why do they call them nurseries, uh, uh, Robert? Well, uh, the plants are just young little things, and, uh, well, they have to be nursed along just like a baby. Is that so? Sure. We'll have to drop around your place at mealtime. I'd like to see you bape a petunia. (laughs) (laughs) What is is your job at this nursery, Bob? Well, uh, I'm a a seedsman, or I work in the seed department at the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting work. And you advise the customers about their problems? Yes. Oh, yes, that's one of our services. Well, I have a lemon tree in my backyard, and uh, the top half of the lemon is uh, always kind of uh, mushy and soft, and the bottom half is fine. Now, what's the matter with that tree? Well, I, I, you uh, probably didn't fertilize it at... Uh, I mean, fertilization is... Uh, it's very important with uh, citrus, and you probably didn't fertilize it uh, at the right time of the year. Uh, now, suppose I told you that there were two trees next to each other, and the one tree is doing wonderfully, and the other one has these lemons on that are half rotten and half good. Oh, Riddle me that. Kind of hard. <laughs> Come on, just... you're an expert now. I want, I want an expert's opinion. Well, you probably just bought a lemon. That's very funny, but you're not helping my problem, man. <laughs> That's true, you know. I'd like you to come mm-hmm. out and look at those. Uh, well, I'd be trees. very glad to do that. Well, Craig, I'll give, the you show. The, I'll give you the address later. Huh? All right. And bring that girl that was at the forest lawn with you. Huh? <laughs> you can forget about the lemon. <laughs> now, there's something else I'd like to know. All my life, I, I've heard of shrinking violets. Now, honestly, do, do violets really shrink? No, they definitely don't. How do you know? Have you watched them hanging on our line? <laughs> 
<laughs> you rascal, you little... <laughs> I trap you like a fox traps a hare. <laughs> Let's try it again. Now, careful now. Is it true that roses are always red? No, roses are many colors. Obviously, he knows rose better than I do. <laughs> now, specifically, what are some of your best sellers? <clears throat> well, uh, you trapping me again? No, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to trap you this time. Right? Well, we have um, uh, shrubs. Uh, there's a, a pitosporum or potastrum, as some people call it. What's a potastrum? Well, it's a pitosporum. Well, that clears that up. <laughs> Well, okay, now now I know all about spring plant planting. Now you two are going to play, you bet your life, for a chance of $2,000. I can't tell you how much our first couple <coughs> won, but Fenneman's offstage remind our listeners. The beekeeper and the wedding arranger won $236. All right, here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected wives of nobility. Here's your first question. How much are you going to bet? 15. 15. 15. Okay, what do you call the wife of a czar? An empress. You agree with that? Um, no, I, I'm sorry. It's Zarina. You don't have five dollars. How much of the five are you going to bet? Well, go on. Let's go five, yeah. Five dollars. Okay. What do you call the wife of a duke? You ought to know that. Mm -hmm. Duchess. The duchess is right. Well, you're finding again. You have two dollars now. Here's the third question. How much of the ten are you going to go for? Okay. 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 Oh. What do you call the wife of an emperor? An empress. Empress is right. You're back. You have twenty dollars now. Twenty dollars. Here's your last chance to beat the oh, other couple. How much of the twenty? Mm -hmm. Twenty. What do you call the wife of a baron? Baroness is right. <laughs> and we wind up with forty dollars. You made a comeback, and we'll see you later. Groucho. The secret word is still sky. Uh, we invited some junior high school boys to the program tonight, and just before we went on the air, our studio audience selected Howard Brody. His partner is a member of the Parent Teachers Association, also chosen by the studio audience, Mrs. Priscilla Stell. Folks, come in here and meet Groucho Marx. Well, welcome, youngsters, with the Soda Plymouth Dealers. You say the secret word, and you'll divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Now, let's see, Mrs. Uh, Priscilla Steele. Stella? Stell. Stell. You're, I call you Priscilla, huh? Yes. And you can call me John Alden. <laughs> you're a member of the PTA? Yes, in Glendale. You're, you're from Glendale? Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mr. <coughs> Howard Brody, that's, that's yes, you, sir. huh? How long have you been living in Los Angeles? Oh, about seven or eight years, sir. And where'd you live before then? Uh, New York City. Whereabouts? Uh, New York City itself. Oh, well, whereabouts in New York City? Huh? Uh, the... Uh, well, that's I can't close. think now. That's close enough. Right? <laughs> Where'd you live before then? Oh, well, uh, Cloud 7, I suppose. Where? Cloud 7. Cloud 7? <laughs> He's going to be difficult, I guess. <laughs> How old are you, uh, Cloud 7? <laughs> 13, sir. 18, huh? Yes, sir. And uh, what sort of work does your wife do, uh, Mr. Brown? <laughs> I don't have a wife. You don't have a wife? <laughs> and you're from New York City? Yes. What sort of work does your father do? Well, he sells Dr. Uh, Scholl's corn pads. He does? Yes. How did you meet your husband, uh, Priscilla? Well, I... Uh, it was Speaking a... of corn pads. <laughs> yeah, I met him.
post office at Trona, California. How many, how many children do you have? Two, a boy and a girl. And how'd you meet your husband? In the post office at Trona, California. Well, I mean, you just made a practice of going to the post office and picking out a husband? No. And now you have two children? Yes. You must have been hanging around general delivery. Worked out pretty well, didn't it? Huh? <laughs> and you have two children? Yes. And uh, how many children do you have, uh, Mr. Brody? Well, I don't have any. You don't have any children? <laughs> Why not? I'm not married. Pretty happy about it, too. <laughs> have you got a girlfriend? Well, uh, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? Uh, you're not sure she's a girl? Well, uh, she's a girl, all right. She is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what does this charmer look like? Well, uh, she's about as tall as me or a little bit shorter. And, uh... <laughs> she's not one of the seven dwarves, is she? <laughs> well, and, uh, she has blonde hair and blue eyes and green dress. <laughs> Don't ever get that confused, you know. <laughs> How old is she? Uh, she's 12 and a half. Twelve and a half. How did you meet this Femi Fatale? <laughs> well, she and I were in the same class at school. Did you take her to the post office occasionally? <laughs> no. Are you romantically inclined, Mr. Brody? Well, uh, I don't think so, but in a couple of years, I suppose. <laughs> you can bet on that, uh, Mr. Brody. What is romance, anyway? How, how would you explain it? I mean, this inexplicable uh, <laughs> attachment that arises between a man and a woman. Well, uh... It's, well, when a man and a woman uh, like each other and they buy a house. <laughs> oh, if, if it were only that simple. <laughs> you mean that's all there is to it? They look at each other and the quick runs out and buys a bumper. <laughs> No, they, they uh, like each other like a lot, and they want to live with each other, and they get married, and they buy a house, and they live. Oh, I see. <laughs> you may be only 13, but I must say you've really lived, Howard. <laughs> now, let's talk about the PTA. Just, just what is it precisely? It's an organization of parents and teachers designed to bring the home and the school closer together. Well, that's a worthy objective. Uh, Mr. Brody, wh what do you think? Well, I think it's pretty good. Do you, you think the home and the school should be brought uh, closer together? Yes. Why, why do you think so? Because it's too far for me to walk every morning. <laughs> I shouldn't think you'd, you'd mind that with this blonde charmer you've got with the green dress. Now, Mrs. Uh, Priscilla... Which way is the PTA working? Are you planning on moving the schools or moving the boys' house? Well, I think that's a silly question. Priscilla, that, that's right. It is a silly question. But if I didn't ask silly questions right now, you'd be sitting at home listening to the weather report. <laughs> what are the requirements for joining the PTA? An interest in the welfare of children. Mm -hmm. Well, are, are there any dues? Fifty cents a year. 
Fifty cents a year. Can can men belong as well as women? Oh, yes. Mr. Brody, do you, do you belong to the PTA? No, sir. You don't, huh? If you had 50 cents, would you join the PTA? No. Why not? Because I'm not old enough. What's the age limit for the PTA, Priscilla? There is no age limit. Takes care of that, Mr. Brody. <laughs> now will you join the PTA? No. Why not? I haven't got any kids. Any children. Well, don't come running to me with your problems. <laughs> How many men would you say there are in, in your PTA, Mrs. Uh, well, I'd Stel? say that 80% of the parents were women. Is that so? <laughs> well, things have certainly changed since I was a lad. <laughs> well, you've been an interesting pair, and I'm sure that our schools are in good hands. Now you're going to play your bet your life. You beat our other two couples, and you'll get a chance at the $2,000, the Soda Plymouth question. I can't tell you how much our other couples won, but Fenneman's offstage to remind our listeners. The beekeeper and the wedding arranger are still leading with $236. You ready? Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. You selected nicknames of famous people. Here's your first question. How much of the 20 are you going to try? Fifteen. Fifteen. What great boxer was known as the Manassa Mauler? Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey is right. <laughs> And you're on your way. You have $35. You got 35 Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of the 35 are you going to try? 30. 30. What president was known as the Great Emancipator? Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> now you have $65. Now how much will you bet of the 65 60 60 huh? You, did you consult Priscilla? Yes. I see. You, you can be drunk with power here. <laughs> what famous ball player was known as the Sultan of Swat? Uh, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth is right. <laughs> you guys are really climbing. You have $125. $125 is your last chance to be the other couples. How much of the $125 are you going to bet? All of it. All of it. Okay. No, wait, wait a minute. All right, $100. 100 What fighter was known as the Brown Bomber? Oh, Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis is right. <laughs> You'll wind up with $225, and that means the beekeeper and the wedding arranger with $236 get the chance at the DeSoto Plymouth $2,000 question. That's a shame. When your car needs the attention of an expert, there's one place to take it, to your DeSoto Plymouth dealers. You see, the master technicians at a DeSoto Plymouth dealers know your car, and they know their business. They get continuous training, supervised by factory service executives. For example, more than 6,000 of these DeSoto Plymouth dealer mechanics just recently attended 252 special training schools in all parts of the nation. They got additional training in all phases of repair and maintenance and studied new service techniques. Continuous training like this in addition to their years of experience, naturally makes the skilled mechanics at a DeSoto Plymouth dealers the best qualified men to service your car. It means your car gets the finest care at a real saving to your pocketbook. When you take it where you see the famous sign of better service, the friendly sign of a DeSoto Plymouth dealer.
And here's the beekeeper and where the wedding arrangement. Where is the beekeeper? They're going to be here right here. Well, see? why do you say they're here when they're not even right here? <laughs> is our winning couple, Groucho? The beekeeper hasn't got his mind on those hives either. <laughs> All set for the $2,000 DeSoto Plymouth question. Okay, hmm? and don't be so somber, Fenneman. It's an exciting moment, believe yeah. me. <laughs> Not for you, it won't be. You won't get a quarter out of it. <laughs> Here we go for $2,000. I give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you. Think carefully and no help from the audience, please. Here it is. James Madison's opponent for the presidency was a man whose picture millions of people see every day on cigarette packs. Who is it? DeWitt Clinton. Oh, on the, uh... Yes, it's on the little green thing there, on the government stand. So that means the big question next week will be worth $2,500. Well, you lost the big money, but you won how much? $236 in the quiz. Well, that ain't hay. It's not even bees. And congratulations <laughs> and thanks to both of you and to all of our contestants on the show tonight. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at the same time for the best of Groucho from the You Bet Your Life series. Don't miss the best of Groucho on television, too. Also presented by the DeSoto Plymouth Dealers of America. And remember, all dealers who sell DeSoto also sell Plymouth. Two great cars, both products of the Chrysler Corporation. And when you drive in, tell them Groucho sent you. Good night, folks, and remember, see the DeSoto Fire Dome 8... Tomorrow! Folks, here's a reminder from the National Safety Council. There's no trick to safety. It's just common sense. You Bet Your Life, transcribed from Hollywood, is produced by John Goodell. Directed by Robert Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. This is George Fenneman signing off for the more than 3,000 DeSoto Plymouth dealers from coast to coast. Another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. Once in a great while, the wonderful white-winged warrior takes a pause in his crime fighting to enjoy a fine dinner in one of Midland City's better restaurants. Not too far from Midland City Hall. Harry. Yeah? Look over at the next table. What? That thing all covered with feathers. Marsha, please, I'm eating. Harry. Pass the salt. It's that fantastic feathered fowl. So let it. What's it hurting you? But Harry. Oh, boy, this is great roast beef. It's chicken man. Yeah, funny looks like roast beef. I mean at the next table, Harry. If you want a chicken, why didn't you order? Don't you know he's the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known? I'll tell you this. It's fantastic what you're doing to my appetite. Harry. You're killing it. Look, Harry. He's scratching himself. Okay, you killed it. I'm finished. I'm done. Just like a chicken, he's scratching himself. Hey, you! 
quit scratching so my wife will let me alone, will ya? Harry! Shut up your mouth and eat. You shouldn't have done that, Harry. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. You embarrassed me terrible. Yeah. That's probably the most horrible thing you've done in your whole life. Well, I bet. Harry. 27 years ago, that was a horrible thing. Harry, I want you to go over to his table, apologize to him, and ask for his autograph. Yeah, sure, I'm going to go to his table. I'm going to apologize yes, to Harry, him. Yes, Harry, you either do that, oh, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah let me hear your it, big Harry. threat. Oh, let's I... hear your big threat. Or I'll make you pay the check. Pardon me. I am informed by my lovely wife that you are perhaps the most fantastic tree climber... Crime fighter, Harry. A crime fighter the world has ever known. Ah, yes, I am. Well, congratulations. That's no small feat. And may I regret any offense I might have done to you by my inadvertent words. That's quite all right. And on that same subject, I wonder if you might be kind enough to give me your autograph. Certainly, here you are. Thank you. And in conclusion to all of this... May I say that you're one of the best-looking chickens I've ever seen. Uh, thank you. Let's go, Harry. And be assured that when Thanksgiving rolls around next year... That's all, Harry. It's going to come up turkey. You got the check? Yeah. Let's go. Well, isn't Marsha going to leave a tip? I wonder if Chicken Man will have a chicken salad sandwich. It's his favorite, you know. Be listening tomorrow for another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. It seems like that PTA member was a little annoyed with Groucho's questions. But I have to ask, didn't she know what show she was on and who Groucho was? Also, her being cautious cost her and that boy a chance at $2,000. But would they have gotten that question right? And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our host, Anchor.fm. You can listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and to find the best location that suits you. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. The Shadow returns on Monday, and Groucho will be back next Friday for some more You Bet Your Life. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off.